0: Welcome to Dangerously Likely. I'm Caleb. And I'm Terrell. And today, we're Dangerously Likely to talk about bipartisan infrastructure deals.
1: Let's go above the fold with this week's headlines.
0: Okay, so y'all may remember back in April, there was like this big union vote at an Amazon warehouse, basically to unionize via the retail, wholesale, and department store union. Um, That vote was lost, and the union appealed the outcome to the National Labor Relations Board. The union accused Amazon of making anti union threats and firing an employee for giving other employees union cards. But the biggest accusation may have been Amazon forcing their employees to vote in a mailbox that was in a tent on company property within view of surveillance cameras, which took away the union's, uh, quote, exclusive role in administering union elections. On Monday, the National Labor Relations Board voted for a do-over union election at the Amazon warehouse, finding that Amazon intentionally undermined the process of a free and fair election to unionize. Amazon, of course, is expected to appeal that decision. So, Terrell, I'm not going to ask you a big complicated question about, like, well, what does this mean for corporations in America, or something insane like that? I'm just going to ask you: Do you think this is a big deal?
1: Actually, listening to everything you said, my question is: Who stole the playbook first—the GOP or Amazon? I think, it, I, think
0: it, <laughs> <laughs> I think Amazon is uh, uh, scared shitless about oh, unions, 100%. and they're doing everything they can that <laughs> is downright like not allowed.
1: I mean, look, look at what happened throughout COVID as much as we appreciate the fact that we have, um, employees of Amazon who were bringing us groceries, who were dropping off like critical supplies that individuals needed. There was no protection or compensation for them to do anything else. Amazon has historically and very notably specifically in the pandemic been seen as a, a bad actor let's say of not truly caring about its employees and really looking at the bottom line also i we have to go no further than what a week ago two weeks ago now i've lost track um the head of this organization made a joke that all the people who pay for anything on amazon paid for his flight to the fucking space like I would be scared shitless, too, when you know you're in the wrong. I'm I'm thankful. I'm happy that we have an administration that's stepping in. I'm glad that the Justice Department is doing what it's doing. And I think this is really a moment right now. um, If you haven't listened to our conversation about Joe Biden's executive action for American competition, I would recommend it and plug it here that we have an administration that is really, truly focused on not just what is best for the American economy, but what's best for the American worker. And flipping this whole model of trickle-down economics on its head and understanding that if your workers are making bare minimum, if they're not able to live a productive and comfortable life, they're not going to stimulate the economy. And we can see, again, no further than um, Bezos, all the Like, ultra elites are doing are, oh, I want to take a trip to the moon for the weekend. Like, fuck off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that, uh, Jeff Bezos quote is so out of touch. Holy shit.
1: Out of touch is an understatement. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And I mean, to our viewers, like, go, like, kind of research, like everything that Amazon has been like accused of, I only like said two things out of like the bajillion things that they're accused of doing. Like they were um, purposely and intentionally tracking who was going to vote out of like the what 6,000 people that were there Mm -hmm. and only like a little over half of them actually voted. Um, And, you know, this doesn't really guarantee that there will be a union. It's a do over vote. That doesn't mean that the vote's going to go, the union's way when it comes up, but Amazon has proven to go to extreme lengths to stop um, any kind of
1: unionization. I do want to follow up. Do you think that a redo will change the outcome?
0: (sighs) That's really hard to tell. I don't know what the dynamics are. I know that like a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of people that voted against, like it was pretty overwhelming, overwhelming vote against unionization. Um, But it might be interesting with this labor relations board kind of in the mix, um, maybe monitor monitoring it and whatnot. This could be different. I don't have confidence that Amazon won't try to act the same way they did last time. Um, But maybe this board has ideas of what to do this time um, of how to basically kind of hold Amazon at bay, maybe hold them accountable. I would love for them to hold them accountable. Um, But you know, I don't. I think I would be a little bit more surprised if it um, if they did vote to unionize at the end of the day.
1: At least they don't have to worry about a filibuster making it difficult to make any changes. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I do wonder Speaking who out against the filibuster. <laughs> no, Charles um, <Drills> on record <laughs> to clarify. No, it was a joke. Um, I just I am curious to find out who who got the playbook first, Amazon or the modern Senate conservative party. Expanding out of the U.S. a bit, a heat emergency is gripping Southern Europe as Idaho cools off with the rest of the Pacific Northwest. Deadly wildfires in Turkey and a threat to the power grid in Greece continues to bring the question for nations of how much longer can we ignore climate change, per the Associated Press. The State Department allows thousands of Afghans to settle in the U.S. as refugees, Per Reuters, on Monday, the U.S. announced the plans to create the um, Priority Two refugee program um, that's looking to cover Afghani people who have worked for U.S.-funded programs and or U.S.-based non-governmental organizations and media outlets. And in Olympic news, um, a Belarus athlete was granted a Polish visa per Reuters sprinter, Kristina Semenoskaya was granted a, human, a humanitarian visa by the Polish government after accusations she was taken to the airport against her will following criticism of her coaching staff. This has continued to put the Belarus government under the microscope as we're seeing police become more critical of individuals who are criticizing the Belarus government. We'll be right back.
0: and we're back. So, Terrell, I guess Mansion in Cinema were on to something because bipartisanship may be a rough road, but it is definitely a following the news out of the Senate as a major win for the Biden administration. We have a deal on infrastructure, bipartisan infrastructure, and it's like almost 3,000 pages.
1: Yeah. <laughs> have is- you read it yet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a lot of I got a lot of books I need to finish first.
1: Um, so
0: Honestly, Terrell, I am actually kind of excited about this this bipartisan bill, knowing that there's going to be like a nearly $3 trillion um, reconciliation bill that only Democrats
1: pass in the future. Potentially. That's still up for debate.
0: Up for the debate. But we know something with a large price tag will be passed, even if it's not $3.5 3. trillion. 3. 5, yeah. Yeah. So a couple <laughs> awesome I have things. some thoughts
1: on that. Don't you worry.
0: <laughs> oh, we'll get there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there is a massive list of things that are in here. Let me just go through some of them. There's $110 billion for roads, bridges, and other major infrastructure projects. There's even $40 billion for like bridge repair, replacement, and rehabilitation, which is the single largest investment in bridges since the construction of the interstate highway system, which is actually kind of
1: insane. That's fascinating. Yeah, there's also very right, sad,
0: right? There's also thirty nine billion dollars to modernize transit, improve accessibility for the elderly and people with disabilities, which is also the largest federal investment in public transit history. Um, there's also a lot of money going to um, like rail, like passenger mm-hmm. freight train and all that stuff, passenger rail and freight train stuff. Um, Sixty six billion dollars is going to help Amtrak.
1: Not only kind of expand, not just in like one part of the country that it's in, but not leave people stranded on the railways for multiple hours because they have to change their conductor halfway through a yeah. commute from Chicago to Detroit. Not yeah. speaking from experience or anything.
0: <laughs> yes, it's supposed to eliminate that maintenance backlog <laughs> and modernize the rail system, I think is the words the White House fact sheet used.
1: That's a better word than what I said. A lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, there's also a massive... Um, investment in clean drinking water initiatives, $55 billion to be exact, which is also the largest investment of its kind. Um, things like getting rid of lead pipes and other harmful chemicals found in drinking water and in our infrastructure. Um, of course, there's $65 billion to ensure everyone has access to reliable high-speed internet in the country. Um, there's even $21 billion that kind of gets at the root of, of starting to impose a little bit of environmental justice especially with communities that have been negatively affected by climate change and pollution and whatnot over the decades. Um, There's also $73 billion of investment money into clean energy transmission, which is also the largest of its kind. Um, This is an awesome bill. Oh, and also there's $7.5 billion to build a national network of electric vehicle chargers, which is the first ever federal investment in electric vehicle charging infrastructure. And we are also electrifying like American schools, bus fleets. Sorry. I'm just very excited. I know
1: I can, I can feel your excitement here. And I, I even want to harp on that last piece because I, I feel like there's a lot of conversation that we as a country aren't in a, a space or a, a capacity to ever become completely electric or move away from um, gasoline, not only because our manufacturing um, hubs are, are trying to transition in there and there's a chip shortage, blah, 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 blah. But also because there's this view or this belief that there are not enough charging stations. So hearing that this bill actually took a stab at and looked at how can we provide more of those? Mm -hmm. And also, I I still stand by this. I think the Conservative Party has a, a space here where they could almost become the party of climate change, where a lot of corporations have already made investments. I mean, in Boise alone, you have multiple garages that have charging stations that are dedicated just to electric vehicles. Granted you have to pay to get into it. Mm -hmm. There is this capacity and there is the space that we could see one of the biggest modernizations of our transit in history. Yeah, no, this, this is some pretty cool
0: stuff. And it also, I mean, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Democrats are gonna pass a reconciliation bill that's a much larger than this one. Um, because not all of the stuff in this bill, like there's not not all of their stuff that they want on their agenda is in this bill. And that makes sense for a bipartisan bill. I mean, Democrats really want a ton more climate change stuff mm-hmm. and they want human infrastructure stuff as well. Yes. And like making the child tax credit permanent and whatnot. But I gotta say that for a bipartisan infrastructure bill, I am kind of pleased with this. And gosh, I don't know, I haven't been alive for super long to like remember politics like even that much of a decade ago. But I got to say that ever since I started paying attention, I feel like infrastructure has always been one of those things that we've never been able to do. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is a big deal. And it it kind of feels like finally... There's also money for like power grid stuff in there and whatnot. And after seeing like the Texas thing and I mean, gosh, there was there was blackouts in the freaking Pacific Northwest because of the um, um, super hot like heat waves that we keep getting.
1: Can we also talk about the fact that maybe this is just a thing because I'm from the East Coast, but I didn't realize that the Pacific Northwest isn't known for having air conditioning and for that to have been an issue. Granted, this isn't being covered here, but understanding that climate is an issue. It's causing a lot of crazy changes. I mean, we covered it in the above the fold. We've covered it multiple times. Um, This is an onus that if we start making some strategic moves now, we can stop a region that is completely ill-prepared for a hundred plus heat days from being burnt out.
0: It's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that because as someone who is from the Pacific Northwest, I actually didn't realize the AC thing that much either. Okay, I don't feel less um, crazy. Well, and I think that's because I'm from North Idaho, and North Idaho has like you start to get into the part of the Pacific Northwest where you start to get to the edge of it mm-hmm. of what's considered that. Some people don't think Idaho is part of the Pacific Northwest. It's a part of the Pacific Northwest. It
1: definitely is. Yeah. If you're in a compact for schools to send students here and get a really nice scholarship, yeah, you're part of the Pacific Northwest.
0: But the the environment in idaho is is a little bit more dry and deserty um even in the forests of central and north idaho and whatnot um yeah it's it's foresty and stuff but it's not like it's it's pretty dry in the summer and Mm -hmm. it gets pretty hot so like in d'Alene, for the most part ac exists i think amongst a lot of places Hmm. i when i think about it when I'm thinking about like Portland and Seattle, like they're always getting rain. It's never, I mean, what? They broke records this year of over a hundred. Yeah. Um, that stuff doesn't happen there. And that's like evergreen forests. Those are like the super moist, almost rainforest. Olympic National Park in next to Seattle is like a rainforest. That's what it is. Like that's all they get is rain. And, and I mean, it can get warm, but it's not like unbearably hot that you need AC.
1: Your knowledge of... Climate, environmental policy, and just like different ecosystems always just makes me chuckle because it's so... That's funny. You're very passionate about it. (laughs) It's funny because like I know a lot of people who know way more than I do. I mean, same,
0: but... I hope to get one of them on the podcast.
1: You guys can nerd out. I'll just sit back and ask (laughs) questions. Be easy.
0: (laughs) But yeah, Terrell, I guess I just really wanted to ask you i know i went through like a ton of stuff and whatnot but what is your reaction to this bipartisan infrastructure deal
1: do you want my serious reaction or my like playful reaction let's
0: let's do serious first and then let's do playful after
1: okay that's fair um serious reaction i'm i'm ecstatic i'm as a institutionalist if you will i'm happy to see that our government is trying to work i mean i i don't think this is a end all to be all and we're in the best space, but it's, it's nice to see the process happen where a group of senators come together and they hash it out and they work with and, and have conversations with um, the appropriate people to say, here's what we did. It is a deal. It is not the Republican plan. It is not the Democratic plan. It is a deal between both parties. No one came out with everything they wanted, but we got some things here we limited them from spending X amount of dollars, or we were able to stop them from taxing the rich. Granted, I I don't agree with that part, but like both sides can walk away here and say, we can vote on this confidently because something went right for both of us. Also, I appreciate that it's put kind of a target on both Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer's back of where were y'all. If you guys are supposed to be leaders of your respective caucuses, why, Chuck Schumer, you said in a timeline that almost torpedoed this deal from the beginning, and Mitch McConnell, why are you, granted now he's on board with it because he did vote to move it forward, but why have you been in this space of essentially advocating and going against your own members and really putting them on the chopping block if your whole purpose is to retake the Senate? I, I'm very appreciative that I think from a political sense, this is helping and leading to people really having honest conversations of what does it mean to function. But at the same time, I'm excited. I'm, I think I think it's important that we focus on infrastructure. What's the playful
0: reaction? But wait, before we get to that, it's important to focus on infrastructure, but is it also important to focus on bipartisanship?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, the playful side is... I'm waiting for the um, Mar-a-Lago estate to come out and say this was their plan all along and the Biden administration just stole it. (laughs) Because if I remember correctly, there was always a plan on infrastructure as long as Trump was president. So I'm just, I'm waiting for that.
0: Trump already came out and like made a statement that basically saying he's salty and being a little crybaby that they were never able to get infrastructure done when he was in office.
1: Yeah, because he sucked. <laughs> he will I'm go down in history because of how bluntly true that is. He will go down in history as the worst president, and that's okay. Eh, that's not okay. It's unfortunate for the country. It's done a lot of damage, but he will go down in history as the worst president because his administration was not involved in policymaking. They had no understanding of the tools that were there for them. They went it alone far more than they should have. I can go on a list, but that's my playful part. Of I'm just waiting for him Like, remember when? um McEnany set this huge binder with a bunch of pages and said, here's the deal. Yeah, this, the, the deal that the Biden administration just passed, that was our infrastructure bill. The Democrats just never agree with it. Honestly, if I was on the Trump team, that's what I would have done because it would have been smart and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Are they that educated? No, but I digress. So what
0: do you think are like the optics for the Biden team on this one? Like, Obviously, they're still going to do some reconciliation, which mm-hmm. is going to be pretty big yep. with just Democrats. Um, but they also got some bipartisan infrastructure done, which is – that's arguably a big deal too. Yeah. Um, do you think this plays well for them?
1: 100%. I also, I also think from an optics standpoint, the White House stays out of it. They don't – like they champion it. They're excited that they got to win – but they stay out of it because I do think that now the administration has an idea of who their allies are in the Senate, at least that's a good point. And it is a lot easier for them to stay out of the limelight and not steal it from them, but work with them behind closed doors and say, okay, we were able to make a deal here. I want to make a movement in, because I'm so focused on it lately. I want to make a movement on education. I really want to make a concerted effort to, either eradicate or limit student debt. What do I need to start that conversation and bring mm. it to the table? I do think for the White House, this is an amazing opportunity. Um, I mean, just as I have it written, it's a historic bipartisan deal, right? This is an amazing opportunity for them to not necessarily chip away at the GOP stronghold, but really understand who are the key players and how do we work. And I also think um, Kristen Sinema comes out of this as a real key player. She led all the conversations. Everyone wants to make her out to be a villain and say that she doesn't belong in the Democratic Party, blah, 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 blah. But she was the one sitting across the table with her conservative counterparts in an open and honest way saying, here's where we're going, here's where we're not going. And I think now the White House has a lot more allies than they did coming in January 2021. I agree with that. And it does show that there are some people on the conservative
0: side in the Senate that do want to show that they've actually done something. Mm -hmm.
1: But then you also have people like AOC who is just trying to torpedo it because like I've said before, the progressive liberal wing of the branch is nothing more than the Trump party, but for like humanitarian reasons.
0: So for context on Sunday, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat from New York, AOC is probably most of you know her, (laughs) told CNN's State of the Union some of the mechanisms for paying for the bipartisan plan are, quote, very alarming and said lawmakers need to review the legislative language. She also stressed that passage of the bipartisan proposal by the House hinges on the Senate's approval of the $3.5 trillion infrastructure package via budget reconciliation, as we talked about.
1: Which I also would like to add context to the reason that's being highlighted right now is Senator Cinema has come out um, and essentially said, hold your horses, we're going to pump the brakes. I don't feel comfortable with a $3.5 trillion price tag, which I think is reasonable, especially when our national debt continues to grow and and there's no semblance of care. Granted, I'm saying that as a Democrat, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so that is a very important context of AOC is always thoughtful about wording and presentation and, and marketing. And that was a very clear statement towards the chief maker of this deal that you're on notice. I can hold up your deal the same way you can hold up mine in my personal opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get it. Um, AOC also told Jake Tapper that quote, bipartisan ship doesn't always mean that it's in the interest of the public good. Frankly, sometimes there's a lot of corporate lobbyist giveaways in some of these bills. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't think she's wrong. And I get what she's doing here. But I am also pretty confident that um, obviously the natural process of these kind of negotiations is going to play out with this budget reconciliation bill. And that'll take some time. And that's mm-hmm. okay. That's that's just kind of how the process works. And Cinema coming out and saying what she did is not really a surprise. And she's not against, I don't know, passing something that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It, we just have to find a way to figure out how we're paying for it and what's in it and whatnot, not. Exactly. And arguably, we might already have a way to pay for it because it's the Democrats and it's probably going to be raising taxes on the wealthy.
1: Which they can do.
0: Yes, which is arguably, not arguably actually, polls and data
1: say that's the most popular part of the bill. Especially after it. the Trump tax cut. Like, yeah. I, it frustrates me so much how many people don't understand that the backbone of that tax bill that the conservative party passed... Was not in the sense of, oh, if we give off a bunch of tax credits, we'll get more money in the economy and that's what's going to pay for it. No, this coming tax season, the middle class, you and I, are going to see a hike in our tax um, our, our tax bracket because that's how they're paying. While they're keeping corporate taxes in the higher tax brackets low in hopes that they use their money to spend to also offset the fact that we're going to be really frustrated that we're paying a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. Yes, it is very good for us to do that. But off of that tangent, because um, obviously we do that later, my question I do have for you, Caleb, is does it frustrate you that AOC is coming out so forcefully against this when we just we didn't really have a moment to celebrate because now the House is already saying, I have enough votes to stop this if I want to?
0: Yeah, I think somewhere in there she's like, I'm not the whip or anything, but there's enough votes to tank it. And... I don't know. I don't, I know this is very, what she's doing is a political move on her part. And this second. is kind of what I was trying to get at is I under, I understand what she's doing. Obviously her as a progressive, in the progressive wing of the party wants more, mm-hmm. especially out of the reconciliation bill. Cause I think they have realistic standards that it's not going to happen if it's bipartisan and that's fine. Um, it just kind of seems like some political plays to make before actual negotiations start and trying to take a hard line. And I don't know if that means that's exactly where their negotiating is going to be or if they're going to go down a little bit. I don't, this reconciliation stuff hasn't really, I mean, it's probably had maybe some preliminaries, pre, preliminary stuff, but like there's going to be a reconciliation. Bill. Yeah, there's we going to be. We know a that
1: there's going to be one.
0: And frankly, just how much is it going to be? How much is it going to be? Well, it's probably not going to be under $2 trillion, I would bet. I think it's over <laughs> that. We'll I, see. Look, I, I'm i just kind of over here like I know what AOC is trying to do. She's trying to take a hard line and trying to say, hey, we have the power to tank this. We need this stuff, climate change, et cetera, whatever. And it needs to be a lot of money so we can actually invest in all of this stuff. Yeah. And I don't necessarily disagree. I mm, I mean, I don't disagree. Like we need a lot of climate change action and whatnot. Like,
1: but it doesn't I, all have to happen at once.
0: Well, here's the thing that I think does frustrate me, which is kind of more of the heart of your question. It frustrates me that that she's threatening to tank a bipartisan infrastructure bill that is a good win for the Democratic Party mm-hmm. in by God, the Democratic Party needs a good win, especially with all this voting shit that's going on right now and gerrymandering and all that. Um, We need everything we can get that'll make us look good. And this makes us look good. And it's kind of a good bill too, even if it's not everything you want. It is. So I don't think she intends to actually vote against it. I think her move here is, hey, you moderates over there in the Senate, we had a deal or we agreed on doing this and this and this for the Mm -hmm. the reconciliation bill live up to that word or live up to that. And we will tank it. I think it's an empty threat though. I think they're still going to pass it.
1: See, I don't agree with that part. I really think that. I think it's political posturing. Truly. I really think this is a, a space where AOC, let me backtrack and not to deviate too much from infrastructure, but I do think this is a space where AOC might run the gambit. Specifically because I do think there's still a belief in their mind that Chuck Schumer is weak when it comes to polling. He's never had a really great challenge. AOC can make a run for the Senate. And what better way to do it than to essentially ruin the bipartisan bill that Schumer has now staked his hat on? Yeah, but see, I think that would be a bad play. Not if you're in New York, one of the most liberal parts of the country and saying, I tank this, not because I don't agree that infrastructure is necessary, but because I don't believe it went far enough. And if I was in the Senate, if I was on that committee, I would have staked my claims on some very key pieces. Bam, bam, bam. Where was Chuck Schumer?
0: I I see your point, but I, if I was in the Senate and, or- in the House, or if I was just in Congress. If you were in Congress.
1: If you were a legislator.
0: Granted, I don't know all the political posturing and things that are happening behind the scenes either. I would not want to be the person to tank a bipartisan infrastructure deal from the Democratic Party right now. I think that's a bad play.
1: Technically, it wouldn't be her. It would be the whole left wing, so she has enough cover.
0: But that's what I mean. Tanking a bill like that I think it's easier to cast the blame on her than her winning a Senate race against Chuck Schumer if she did that. Fair. I think that's a we just got a bipartisan deal which never happens anymore and it's a decent <laughs> bill and there's going to be a reconciliation bill that much is promised. Why would you ruin all of that? That's true. I feel like I feel like moderates like Cinema Mansion would be really turned off to a big reconciliation bill if that happens actually. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's a good I, I really do think it is political posturing for this reason. Like I get it in the progressives in the party um, do have some power over this and mm-hmm. they're trying to assert that power and I get it. Um, but I, I don't know how big that threat actually is.
1: So what you're saying is Nancy Pelosi, if you're listening, do what you normally do.
0: Get it pretty much <laughs> again. I, and maybe I'm just being optimistic. Um, but I think that the reconciliation bill is still going to be quite large, even if some moderates have a problem with the price tag. Right.
1: I mean, I do agree to some extent, and I, I do agree that there might be some posturing here, I guess. I just I very much feel this is a note right out of Bernie Sanders' book, specifically <laughs> from AOC. And Bernie Sanders is known on the Hill as that person who will tank the best possible deal, because it didn't have one apostrophe in a space that he thought it was important. Like, I, Uh, I guess I have hesitations that we, we are witnessing uh, a fringe. I'm going to get so much crap for saying that, but a fringe side of the party flex a muscle that I don't think they deserve.
0: That's yeah. That's one, that's one take. But I also think that like what, makes this political posturing to me more than like a real threat is that Bernie Sanders has been doing a lot to help with this, with the finances Mm -hmm. of like these two bills and reconciliation and whatnot, like he's been kind of a team player in all of this. And I don't think he's going to be the one to tank it either. And that's like the leader of that side of the party.
1: (laughs) For now. We'll see. For now. For now.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I, I might have a little bit more optimism in this, um,
1: than me i'm always a pessimist let's be real
0: well i mean what this past month has been a lot of just political bullshit happening with this bill and there was like a week where it was gonna happen and it was a week where oh it might not happen and now it's happening for reals and which is normal politics of course but by a bipartisan infrastructure bill of this this big mm-hmm. i feel like is a rarity in today's politics
1: what are some parts of this bipartisan deal that um are just kind of exciting you or giving you some hope for what's to come. especially as we look forward to some votes in both the house and the Senate to kind of see what the final, um, agreement is.
0: Yeah, I actually, um, kind of something I mentioned earlier and some of the highlights, I'm just really excited in general, um, for physical infrastructure to be updated. Um, it just feels like since i can remember anything about politics it feels like infrastructure has been in a weirdly precarious spot where mm-hmm. every once in a while a bridge will collapse or something because of how shitty our infrastructure is yeah and i got to say that i'm weirdly excited just for that to be like fixed hopefully um and of course I'm really excited about some of the climate stuff in here. Mm -hmm. You know, the electrical charging infrastructure and electrifying like school buses and whatnot in transit too. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in the $21 billion in environmental kind of justice stuff that Mm. really addresses the harm of climate change and pollution, which of course affects people who aren't white more um, um, than anybody else in the country. And I'm just like, like I know the reconciliation bill is going to have so much more climate like change stuff in it and mm-hmm. whatnot, which is really important, but I'm actually kind of shocked that Republicans agreed to this. Um, I don't know. Environmental justice is like a form of social justice. Yes. And I don't know, it with is. all the culture war stuff happening, it's a little bit surprising to me that there was 10 Republicans that agreed to this environmental justice stuff. Um. But I'm really interested to see like how it works, and it really like I think starts. I think it's um, a small recognition of kind of the harm that we as a country have put on specific communities, even if it was inadvertently at sometimes at some points in time and whatnot. And I'm excited to see if more of that happens in a, a broader reconciliation bill in this in the near future or not. Um, I just think that like, and this kind of goes along with one of the other parts in here um, where there's a billion dollars going to a first ever program to reconnect communities divided by transportation infrastructure, Mm -hmm. Um, which this kind of stuff will fund planning, design and demolition and reconstructions of like street grids and parks, which is actually quite a big deal. And I think one of the most um, talked about things of the last several months has been how like freeways and whatnot that have been built in cities have divided like communities of color from like everybody else and Mm -hmm. kind of cut them off. And I know some cities are tearing down those kind of freeways um, to kind of reconnect the city. Um, All of that is very interesting to me. And it's kind of like, in a way it's a little bit of restorative justice of it's a little bit of a recognition of, just the way that even if it's inadvertent, the way that like we as Americans have harmed um, people of color mostly and just minority communities in general. And that's, it's not a ton of money. It's like what 1 billion for reconnecting communities divided by transportation infrastructure and 21 billion. I mean, billion is actually a big number even though um, we're used to seeing trillion dollar price tags. Um, but I actually think, I think that's a big deal that probably won't get a lot of attention.
1: I agree. Um, and I, I think too, it's important what you mentioned, right? Like not only is it the, the pain and the inequity of how these highway systems have divided communities, but also the understanding that these highway systems were purposefully developed in communities that were prospering that house our black and brown folk Um, and it's really important to see that this bill is taking some onus, whether it's doing it overtly or, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the opposite of overt covert? There we go. Whether it's doing it overtly or covertly. Um, yeah, but it, it matters that. And I, I mean, we, we've we said this a couple of times since this administration has taken over. It matters that there seems to be a real onus that the American government is finally doing work for the people, not just to the people. Yeah, no, I think
0: I think what the Biden administration is trying to prove, especially as a democratic administration, is that government can work for the people. Um, and I think so far, it's actually done a pretty decent job of that.
1: Is, was there any highlights um, specifically for you in this bipartisan infrastructure deal? Yeah, no, I think you echo most of them, but I do very much appreciate the climate justice piece. I mean, coming from Michigan, obviously, not only are we known for Detroit and our um, sports teams, but we're also known for Flint, Michigan, that had one of the worst, um, worst water crises in the country, right? And we're still trying to understand the effects and the the impacts of what this lead pipe system has on the children of Flint. But this deal does invest $55 billion um, to clean water in America, which, I mean, even if I wasn't from Michigan, is huge and important. And it's specifically focused on um, finding and fixing lead pipes in our country and, again, modernizing the system understanding that a lot of our infrastructure hasn't been touched since the 60s. Um, and even beyond that, I think, too, of that piece of connecting communities, I really appreciate that this infrastructure bill took a focus on high-speed internet. Um, we've talked about this a few times, too. Mm-hmm. But yes, we can talk about our, our black and brown folk and the importance that they are part of legislation, they're part of deals and they're taking on, but there's also the importance of our rural folk too. And as our country continues to modernize and continues to become um, the center of information and thoughts and operating in the 21st century, um, there are people who have a way of life that are being left behind because we aren't investing in them. So I'm really excited for and, and happy that from an equity standpoint, a lot of voices are being heard all at once. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think, um, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think all in all, we can say we are dangerously likely to congratulate Senators Burr, Cassidy, Collins, Coons, Graham, Hastings, um, Hickenlooper, Kelly, King, Manchin, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Cinema tester tell us warren young and senator shaheen for not only meeting in rooms and hashing this out and dealing with all the pieces that have made it hard but really taking a real look at what our infrastructure needed
0: yeah no i'm grateful that they have decided to work with a democratic administration especially in these divisive times anyways we'll be right back
1: All right, Caleb, take us on a tangent.
0: Okay, Terrell. Um, So pretty much over the last couple of days, um, there's been a lot of Governor Andrew Cuomo sexual harassment allegations. Remember when that happened? Um, How could you forget, right? The, re- the independent review came out and said that these allegations have credibility to it. And Governor Andrew Cuomo at the first called for the independent review, which I think is the right thing to do honestly like I feel like we get carried away with some of these things sometimes and Mm -hmm. maybe we should, or maybe this will be an unpopular comment, but I do think that um, we owe it to wait for independent reviews slash investigations to come up with the facts. Um, Not that we shouldn't believe women and all that, but I really do think that, that that part of whenever accusations like this brought up is very important. Um, So, not that I had a lot of confidence in New York's governor, but I kind of decided to take a backseat a little bit and see what the independent review said. So the independent review comes out, says there's credibility and you know, now like Cuomo comes out and says, Oh, but what you've actually seen are not the facts and stuff. And it's like gaslighting. (laughs) I mean, that was, that was predictable. Like, like obviously like I can understand to the extent that that's your career and reputation and you're going under because of this, which is really fucking bad shit to go under on. So I get why you would always deny it. And honestly, we should have all predicted this. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, the independent review is credible. And honestly, like Cuomo should probably resign in the words of, uh, Joe Biden <laughs> and now us or me, at least I, I agree. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, like at one, at some point, like I don't, I'm not personally a believer that you should resign right away with the first accusation that comes out. Um, I think I think there needs to be not that there isn't credibility right away, but I think a third party that's independent needs to come in and take a look at things.
1: Look at Al Franken, great example.
0: Yes, I one hundred percent agree with that. But um, I mean, that's what happened, and I think it's like it's it's that time where you know there is not a lot more you can do. Like there is impeachment proceedings going on in the New York State um, legislature, and honestly, it's probably better if you resign at this point. Governor Cuomo, you hashtag, know, I hashtag mean, same. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at, at first, like, I think it's right to have that independent review, but mm-hmm. now that's over and there's credibility and you probably don't want to be impeached. Like it's time, like you did some terrible shit and it's time to, it's time to get out of there, make way for somebody new. Yeah. Anyway,
1: Strel, uh, take us on a tangent. Um, my tangent is women, but not the way you might think. Oh, um, so also a new story that came out today, um, uh, independent board for the NCAA reviewed and, and came out forcefully and accused the NCAA of systemic inequities for their women, women's athletics, specific, specifically in basketball, and just showed this culture within the organization of devaluing um, women's athletics and putting more money towards March Madness. I mean, I'm sure you remember during the pandemic when they decided to let March Madness happen still to some extent, there were memes everywhere of the just overwhelming disparities between um, what the men received of their care packages and their yeah, stuff and the, locker rooms, too. And the yeah. locker rooms and what the women received received. Um, and it, like my, my whole frustration is just in general, not women, but how our country treats them and how entities treat them. You have this in the NCAA, you have news outlets forcefully coming out against um, Senator Cinema and arguing that, She is the worst thing to happen to our legislature, our legislator in a long time when you have multiple other senators arguing the same pieces you do. I mean, we just had a whole conversation about um, how cinema is being used as this person who's going to ruin reconciliation when she's just the one who has the conviction to say how she really feels. Right. Um, You have the conservative party. I won't say that individuals coming out against Simone Biles after she just had to relearn how to do gymnastics because she got the twisties and it scared her so much that she had disconnected from her body that she genuinely did not feel comfortable or, or safe moving forward. But God forbid a woman stands up and says, I want to do something for me when the country wants them to do something for the country. Right. Um, there's just a lot, there's a laundry list, right? And I'm happy that reports are coming out and statements are being made and progress is being called for, but it's just a further reminder of how far we are from anything.
0: Yeah, no, I also think it's a really bad move for the conservative media infrastructure to suddenly label athletes, American athletes as uh, basically enemies. It's just a bad, it's a bad move to root against America. And that's kind of the low, the new low, if not new, it's probably old that they have uh, gone to.
1: Yeah. And don't pretend that the WNBA and women's sports aren't as entertaining. Like some of the best shooters in the sport of basketball are in the WNBA, hands down. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dangerously Underscore Likely or email us at dangerouslylikely at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening from so you can get some notifications. I'm Caleb. And I'm Terrell. And we're Dangerously Likely. To See you next week.